Let's go. Let's do it, bro. So, we're doing a podcast episode. We are indeed. Um, because I found out that I would like to do podcasts. So, you're one of the first guests in my... Yes. In the, my own series, kind of. Yes. And we'll see if it turns out like my video blog did. How did that turn out? One episode. Oh, shit. But you never know. It might come out. Yeah, it might come out. Yeah. How many uh, podcasts have you done? Uh, two before this one. Okay. Yes. Third time's a charm, man. Yes, it is. That's what they it say. Is. It is. Yeah. So what do you do? I make videos for the internet. Nice. Yeah, it's cool. Nice. I enjoy it. It's hard, but it's a challenge. Everybody loves videos. Everybody loves the internet. Mm. What do you do? I do jujitsu. Is that what you? Is yeah. that it? That's nice. That's how you define yourself. Yeah, that's what I like to say. I do jujitsu. Yeah. Do people ever go? Oh, do you get paid to do that? Is that your job? Of is course, it? that's the follow-up question. It is right. Are you a professional jujitsu? Or oh, you're doing jujitsu, but but what do you do? Like, what do you do? Yeah. Do people ever go? Do you ever use the term? I don't know, artist, and they go, what kind of artist? And you go, choke artist. <laughs> Do you ever call yourself a choke artist? <laughs> I have never done it before. Is that a term? I have no idea. Yeah. I guess it could be. I but um, I've been thinking about calling it a martial artist. Because mm. if artist means to express oneself, then I definitely feel that jujitsu is that for me. To like really let go and... What you see is what I try to be, like, uh, the truth, kind of. It's definitely expressive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I guess I do the same thing with programming, which is one of my all-time hobbies. Oh, you program shit. Yeah. Like computer programs. Yes. Okay. Apps? Yeah, right now I'm into web apps. Okay. Which is going to go... I'm going to convert them eventually into native apps. Yeah. But I like to write stuff in a only JavaScript. Yeah. Can we get that like Instagram money? Can we like come up with an app and then fucking just release it worldwide? Definitely. Just get that Airbnb cash. I think all we need to do is connect people together. Cut out the middleman. That's what Airbnb and Uber did. Mm. They just cut out the people that own the hotels, the people who have the houses, yes. and put them together with the people who want to stay in the houses. Nice. Dude. It's true. It's important it to think of stuff that way, though. If you want to if you want to invent stuff, you have to know your goal. Yeah. Because previously, when I've been programming, a lot of times I've been, uh, every time I've been trying to make, do something big, you know, throughout growing up, it's always been for the wrong reasons. Mm. But like, if you have the goal and you have the target, this is what we want to achieve. Then I guess it will always work out. I think so, especially if it's something that people actually want. If you have a look at people that want to use Uber, they just want to come in contact with people with a car to get them from A to B and get mm. a good service at a reasonable price. Yeah. So if you hook people up with, if you hook people with wants up with people who have needs, through a smart design on their phone, then I guess they're in the right business because mm. you're providing the world a service. Yeah. Dude, I've been having crazy business ideas lately. I'm, they're starting to come to me Aren't as well. They? <laughs> right? 
Yeah. When you see like some Elon Musk type of dude or you hear about like these 17 year old kids solving how to clean up garbage in the ocean and people inventing mm. stuff like online program like 4chan mm. when they're super young you're like fuck damn it's important to know that everything is possible you you can't everything is possible yeah i've got a theory you just need to improve on reality a little bit and people will love that yeah I guess that's a good way of putting it. I think so. Well, that's all I do when I'm making videos and things like that, especially from events or festivals. It's like, okay, how was it? How did I experience it? And how can I improve on that so people at home are watching it and go, wow, that was awesome. Mm. Maybe you can do that through apps or services or anything. Mm. Yeah, the stuff I've been working on now is um, I'm doing lots of different blogs. So I have one jujitsu blog and I I have one blog for myself and I have some different ones to express like different stuff. So I, I thought it was annoying to go into Tumblr every time and write stuff and have to like select when I was sharing stuff from Instagram. I thought it was annoying to have to go through all these steps to publish what I want. I just want to like, when I got it on my mind, I need to push it out. So it's there. So yeah. I don't have to think about it again. Yeah, that's a good, good thing to do. And what I found out when doing this app is that how important it is for me to make something that I'm using myself. Mm. Yeah, to like right. improve for myself. Yeah. So it's hard to imagine what users are going to think. But if you use it yourself, I guess it's going to be way easier. Maybe like when you're watching your own videos, you want to make yourself feel like, wow, that was awesome. Definitely. Mm. I want to love it, especially because I haven't mm. spent so much time working on it. Yeah. If I'm spending 12, 13 hours editing something, I want to make sure that every time I look through it, I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, check that shit out. You know what I mean? You want to be proud of yourself. And yeah. when you watch it, you're like, fuck, that's a good video. I'm going to give that out into the world. Yeah. But can you talk about your app or is it top secret? No, it's not secret. It's open source. Oh, cool. So uh, yeah, this is also one of the things I do do this is like testing out different theories and just going 100% with them. Mm. And right now I'm I'm seeing whether money can come when it or definitely not going for the money. And I think this is a good good way of also supporting creative commons licensing like to to give out your content free of any copyrights or anything just out of pure sharing. You want to share because what I see in programming now especially in JavaScript uh, in that environment is that everyone is sharing stuff all the time. They're building modules that you can, for other people to easily put together in their own apps mm. for free. Just, yeah, just license it under the same terms and it's cool to use. Mm. And what you see is how effectively this grows, how the community and the technology in itself just grows because of all this sharing. Mm. It's kind of the same thing we see in Jiu-Jitsu, like with YouTube and everyone's sharing their new techniques all the time. So everyone is learning so much quicker Yeah, and sharing it. So it's exciting. Dude, it's a super popular in filmmaking as well. Mm. All the clips that people put out on YouTube that you can cut and download and use in your mm. own videos makes a huge difference. It's mm. People are doing it with sound effects. With mm. things that they shoot on green screen, you can Google almost anything in put it in YouTube, and then write green screen, 
and then you'll get it in front of a green screen. Nice. And people take the time to make that mm. just to share it. And they mm. don't put ads at the beginning of it either. They're no. not trying to monetize it. Yeah. Like you can Google, you can search for dice throw on green screen and you'll get like 30 different hits of dices getting thrown in uh. front of a green screen. <laughs> you know, it's dope. And people with sound effects, like Google anything in, in YouTube and then write SFX at the end of it. Whatever you can imagine, werewolves, fucking gunshot, rain, and it's just there. And as a filmmaker, right, when you don't have the time to go out and like film something in front of a green screen and it's right there, and people say use it for free, you're like, fuck, you just made life so much more easier for me, (laughs) and you made the product so much better for people at home. And that's it. It's like we're all just like finally figuring out how to share all of this stuff to make the experience better. Yes. That's kind of what we do as a species. Yeah. Now, like this, this wave of consciousness kind of, mm. that is, um, at least it seems so that we're part of a bigger wave that dares to trust themselves and go for what is yours. Yeah. And what's yours is freedom. Yeah. And I, I feel like if you, if you, if you join this yourself, you you just drag more people into it. Then yeah, it's it a way. It seems wave. to be a larger movement. It is. If you have a look at like how society was structured over like two thousand years, mm-hmm. and if you start at like I don't know, fucking yeah, ancient Rome or Egypt with pharaohs and Caesars, life must have sucked because if you fucked up with them, they could just kill you. And then you move down a little bit into kings and knights and Viking chiefs still pretty tough and then it gets a little bit better you know and then we get like parliament people actually representing you until you get to today where like it's like i should be able to vote and decide on things that affect me and there's a little bit less uh, organized control and a lot more freedom at least in you know like western societies a bit Hmm. so it's almost like you really can now be your own you know king and prime minister live your life the way that you really wanted to if you just accept that Mm. maybe i don't know Mm. seems like it though right now we've got more freedom than ever before isn't that true or is it just an illusion yeah that's the question though yeah right because um yeah would you say that everything is so much better now than it ever has been but it's according to history so it's 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 hard to know though it's hard to know I just, I don't, it's, it's hard to know, but I, if you just have a look in your own lifespan, yes. right? Yes. Over the fucking however many years you've been alive, like shit's way better now. Like everything's faster, it's cheaper. You can travel around the world freely. You can be here and in Brazil in 16 hours or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, it and is. the airfares aren't expensive. If you want to like speak to someone in Portuguese, there's probably an app on your phone where you can <laughs> just talk and then it'll translate what they want to yeah. say. But it, yeah, we're definitely going towards something that, yeah, your, your initial app idea here was to like connect people. And I guess this is what's happening. It is. That everyone is getting so close. But I guess just a couple of years ago, we were very scared of what technology was going to do to us. Like, yeah, like, oh my God, everyone's just going to look down on their phone. But it may just be the initial steps of actually giving yourself to it like trusting it trust that it will bring you just closer and use it to connect with people Mm. and not to hide away and you will like see 
it's definitely just grow up around you. Yeah. Everything becomes so easy. Information. Yeah. Every day I see something on YouTube that, wow, interesting. Now I know that's possible. Yeah. And then just put it in some archive in my head. Yeah. Yeah. You know, me too. Me too. Like every day I'm finding like some story about some person that did something amazing that I didn't know could be done. Mm. And so I was like, oh, wow, he did that. Oh, she's done that. Oh, look at this. Mm. But you also see the flip side of that as well. You see a lot of fucking dumb shit too. <laughs> like with the, every, like a lot of yeah. people like uh, fails and stuff. I guess you're just seeing more of what was always there. Is that? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But have you seen the, I mean, speaking of like trusting technology and stuff, have you seen the new Boston Dynamics robots? No. Oh, you haven't seen them. No. <laughs> but you know the Boston Dynamics. No, the, I don't. They're like um, a company that are developing robotics that, uh, like robots, man. They're fucking, they built robots. So they start off with these donkeys and like these cheetahs. And now they've built like human looking robots that can pick things up. And if you knock them down, they stand up. Are they like building the same kind of skeleton models? Yeah, bro. They look uh -huh. like, they look like, uh, they look like the Terminator. Nice. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, they look, but they're humanoid. They're like, they've got ones that's a dog, one that's a cheetah, one that's a mule, and now they've built one that's a person, and it picks things up with its hands. It's got like these paddles, hand paddles, like these flat surfaces, picks up boxes and shit in the warehouse, stores them mm. on the shelf. Mm. You can walk in the snow, open doors. It's interesting. Yeah. I guess this is like, uh, but the crazy thing about that is that Google owns that. <laughs> Google owns that company. They bought it. Hmm. So I don't know. When you talk about trusting technology, and you see a bunch of these things running around the streets. Yeah. What do you think about drones? I think it's extremely interesting, and I think that everything that makes you a little scared is something to take interest in. <laughs> Because it will, then it will for sure change you somehow. Yeah, I guess. The drones, I, I saw a video on YouTube, um, of, I think it, it was like 18 year old or something that hooked um, a handgun to a drone. Yeah, I saw that. In the woods. Yeah, mm. and it's, it's so, it's good that he does it to like, so people can see the possibilities. Yeah, of course this can be used for good and it can be used for evil. But you Dude. gotta trust in humanity. If you don't, you're you're not trusting yourself either. Yeah. Have you seen the new weapon on a drone? No. <laughs> it fires. I haven't seen it yet either. I haven't seen. It. I've just heard about it. It fires a net. A net. Yeah. Like I if you're it. trying to run or something, it just shoots a net. Awesome. Like old school Indiana Jones style. Nice. Yeah. I did see a flamethrower. Oh, okay. Which awesome. <laughs> very interesting as well. On a drone? Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. And flamethrower on a drone. It's, it was more interesting than the title was making me think. Yeah. I thought like, oh, all right. A little drone that spits a little lighter fire. Mm. But it's spitting fire. Yeah. It's like throwing up a huge fireball. Damn. So it's interesting. Have you seen the drones that are um, the drone racing and virtual reality goggles? Yes, that's sick. That's 
It's incredible. Yeah. It looks awesome. I know. It's like flying. Ever since I played a game, a computer game, uh, a Star Wars game mm. with pod racing. Yeah. I think it was like Star Wars pod racing from one of those movies. Mm. And I knew that I want to drive a pod racer, kind of. And yeah. now you can. It's the closest so far. You can. Yeah. If they get up some some feedback as well in the virtual reality goggles, you can... What about if you get strapped into one of those hydraulic chairs, like at Disneyland, and when you turn wow. to the right, it turns to the right yes. as well? That's, it's crazy. That's not too far. No. no. They're probably doing it. I bet they are. I bet they're doing it right now. Because that's the thing. What's becoming so extremely apparent now in the world of technology is if you can think it, it's possible. Yeah, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. And I guess also that that is also how it's always been. Mm. But it's maybe been hard to trust it. Well, I think we've been like a few steps away from that though. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) If people go, if you think it, it's possible, but they think of being able to be in a bird that flies from Italy to England in two hours. And they think about that 500 years ago. There's a lot of steps that have to be done. Like Leonardo da Vinci was working on the helicopter. So he saw it and he knew it could kind of be done. But for us to be able to do that now, there's like a fuck ton of research and... Yeah, I guess we've already done a couple of abstractions for ourselves. Yeah, that's our job. Yeah. Gotta get in your own way, otherwise it's not a party. But it's impossible to know where where it's going. But it's kind of... Uh... Is it? You reckon you can predict it though? Probably not. But can you like pick trends? Don't, I went to this lecture with a futurist hmm. and he said that they've predicted trends based on technology where it is today hmm. and it's not going to get released hmm. for 20, 30 years. Hmm. So they can be like, we're working on this now. It's going to take 10, 15 years, 10 more, 15 years, and then it's going to be released and it's going to affect the world like this. And one of the things that he said was that in 30 years, 70% of the jobs are going to be replaced by artificial intelligence. Hmm. And he said a lot more about self-driving cars. And if you have a look at like uh, who I think is like the second or third largest investor in self-driving cars is, it's Uber. Mm-hmm. Interesting, right? Why the fuck do they want to pay some dude in a car and they can just <laughs> get the car to drive around for free. Wow, that's smart. Isn't that smart? Yeah. So if you have a look at all the people that work in the transport industry, like let's just have a look at all the taxi drivers and mm. gone self-driving around the world. That's millions of people. Mm. What the fuck are they going to do? And that's just one way. This mm. is one industry. But I think that's a very scary thought to think that what's they going to do? What are they going to do? Because mm, initially, we seem to have these plans for artificial intelligence or robotics at all to the point was to get ourselves more free time from working yeah and and we're gonna have that for sure i believe that too definitely i believe that too yeah but someone has to stop go for the money then Mm. yep you need to make those things um if you're gonna have like self-driving cars that run off solar energy maybe you need to make them free Mm. Or like a t- tiny percentage of the cost. So but, that but people... it makes sense. Yeah. It just makes sense. Maybe that's how it's going to work. Imagine this. Imagine if all the functions of society 
transport, electricity, transport, like travel, like fucking doctors, everything. Imagine if education, imagine if all of that just got taken care of by like artificial intelligence or robots. And then people just had the time to do what they really liked. Yeah. Imagine if you just had a robot that could do your job for you. So instead of like you programming, you can go, okay, robot, just program this. But that'd be cool. <laughs> wouldn't that be cool? No, it wouldn't. Because then I wouldn't be able to program. But if you could if you wanted to. But you wouldn't have to like, let's just say that your job isn't programming. Let's say you're a fucking mm. waiter or something. Actually, I guess this is already kind of happening in a way. I think so too. Because if we see, if we see robots as like a natural, um, a natural evolvement of our species yeah that is it's definitely something we have created and we need to accept everything that we have created to like look at it without judgment and if you do that do we though do you have to look at it without judgment just because you created it but if you do it will it will be an honest thing yeah, but what if you create something and then it ends up fucking shooting your next door neighbor? You're like, oh fuck, shit jobs this, it's not a good idea. Well, yeah, accidents happen though. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my flame flower drone scorched your cat. Yeah. It, the possibilities are definitely there that, oh shit, now nah, our drone got hacked. Yeah, right. It's not our fault. That's, but that's a real thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I understand where you're going. But, yeah. <laughs> but don't you have to judge it? Like if you create, you like, like if, we I shouldn't guess, judge the things that we create. I guess you have to be precautionary. But I mean, um, uh, God. I mean, you shouldn't judge it, but you like have to see its cap capabilities, I guess. Yeah, its potential. Yeah, yeah, for it, sure. You have to be aware of the potential is a better way of saying it. Maybe, yeah. But um if we see it as its own life form that grows and develops then you can see when i'm programming and and using all these modules that other people have built there are also i'm also using a lot of automation and a lot of these automation programs are using ai that data learning mm. so i guess i'm already getting help from robots all the time for sure and my computer is it's a little r2d2 it's making me do things I couldn't do with the grain of sand, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's a powerful tool that is necessary to do what you do. Yes. Same with mine, man. Like, I can't, I'm not editing shit without a computer. Mm. Good luck. You got to be like old school with film and then splice that together in a dark room. Nah. People are probably always just going to enjoy doing the, the edge stuff. Yeah. The edge of the evolution of the thing you're doing. Like okay. when you're on the edge, you're, you're having a blast anyway. Yeah. So I guess when they were doing this with like cutting up this stuff and putting it, it nicely together, it yeah. was like, wow, we can do this. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. That's true. People like pushing the limits. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you're, you're close to the edge of, edge of your creativity kind of when you're editing now sort of a little bit 
A little bit I do. A little bit I do. I actually really think that a little bit I do. Especially when it comes to trying to make things more interactive or easier for people to consume, easier for them to enjoy it. If you have a look at like what I do, it's trying to entertain somebody through a video, often whilst they're on their phone. So there's this special kind of interaction between me creating something, their phone as the medium, and them then watching it. Mm -hmm. So I've always got to try and find ways to be uh, innovative and put forward entertainment that isn't the same as the million other things that they've seen. So I've got to find like kind of new techniques to keep their minds entertained and occupied whilst they have literally an unending and infinite amount of entertainment to watch. What is going to be special about watching this video? And that's where the innovation mm. comes in. That's where I've got to be like, ah, oh, okay. Mm. Uh, hmm. Okay, maybe I can do this, this, and this, and this. And it's a constant dance and it doesn't ever always stay the same. Mm. Because what you did in a video now is different to what you did in a video a year ago. And it's different to what you did in a video five years ago. That's mm. why films have gotten better and everything's moving and progressing. So I've got to try and stay on the edge of that curve within, you know, as much as I can. Mm. And try new shit out. It's fun. It's fun to try some new shit out. Sometimes it doesn't work. All right, you learn that lesson. But you have to try. You have to. You're tempted to try. Yes. Very tempted to try. But that's what's cool as well, because a lot of what I do is client-based work. So there's a company mm. that says, hey, we want a campaign video. We want to make a viral video. Mm. And uh, they're very fun. And they're often looking to try new experimental shit out as well. But the real experimental shit, the real like 50% works, 50% crashes and burns, mm. that's the stuff that nobody pays me to do. Mm. That's the stuff that's like, all right, fuck, I'm not really sure how people are gonna take this. Yes. But then that's not at the risk of, you know, a client paying for something. Then we often have to tread on the safer side of that experimental line. Mm. But when it's just like my own thing, then mm. there's no financial risk. Mm. then I can just do whatever the fuck I want. So <laughs> everything you do, yeah. So kind of everything you do like outside of client work is the stuff that is pushing the limits of what you can do. Sort of, yeah. Because let's mm. just say like if I did something about fucking, I, I did an ayahuasca documentary. Mm. If I made an ayahuasca documentary and I said to, I don't know, like fucking Nike, hey, I was wearing this Nike shirt whilst I'm talking about the edge of consciousness in the middle of the jungle of Peru. Uh, can I try and sponsor this and put it on your website? They'll mm. be like, uh, no fucking <laughs> way. No fucking way. You never know though. You never know. Maybe. Mm. Or maybe I'm just talking to the wrong company. Maybe, you know, maybe there's somebody else that goes, oh my God, yes. Mm. But if I just happen to be, you know, I don't know, maybe Nike it down with the ayahuasca journey, bro. Maybe they're down with the spirit world. Do you think that both both of us has done ayahuasca? Mm. And uh, from the first time I met you three years ago, I or something, I mm. remember you were the first other person <laughs> I met that had ever done ayahuasca. Yeah. And now um, now we see more and more of each other, kind of. Yeah, we do. We see each other very regularly because we're now training together Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as well. Yeah. But do you kind of feel that 
you are on some kind of ayahuasca journey. Definitely. 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 Mm. I definitely feel like I am on an ayahuasca journey. Mm. Or that I am on a journey that ayahuasca helped make possible. Yeah, it's, it's different ways of thinking of it, yeah? It is. There's many different ways of thinking about it. But I would say that my reason to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is strongly influenced by ayahuasca. Hmm. Strongly. When I got back from the first time, I did regular Jiu-Jitsu. How, how long is that ago? Mm, that's three years ago. Hmm. So I got back and then I did like regular Jiu-Jitsu for about a year. Hmm. Hmm. Where were you training then? Reggie Miller, when it was the old, oh, really? yeah. So I was there. I saw you guys come in, man, yeah. with the dudes with the fucking <laughs> the blue pajamas. I was like, oh, that looks yeah. cool. Yeah, because the traditional jiu-jitsu was always right before us. Always. So we were always waiting for you to go off the mat so we could go on and do the Brazilian style. Mm. But I remember seeing like Hanata, and I remember seeing you know Philip. It's hot. He was he came in with these walking stick yeah. who's this blind guy and i was, remember going fuck i watched a few times as well i was uh, like that's cool and then i injured myself and i was like i tore like this fucking ligament in my arm and i couldn't do too much for like six months hmm. six seven months and then as soon as that healed i went back to jiu-jitsu and then i was like i might just stick around and try this brazilian jiu-jitsu thing yeah and i think that's where i saw you huh that's right. I was yeah. on my way to the first. This is another thing that how ayahuasca <laughs> brings people together as well. I was on my way to my first ever Brazilian jiu-jitsu class and I saw you standing out the front. Right. That's yeah. when we met again. Yeah. That's when we met again. Right. Because they, they didn't update the timetable online. And I thought BJJ started at 6.30, but it really started at 5. And then I got there at the end. And I was like, hey, hey. And you're like, are you, what are you here for? I'm here for BJJ. And you're like, oh man, they just, we just finished the class. Hmm. That day when, I remember that day too. Yeah. And um, I remember that when I met you, I was happy I met you that time because I was full of inspiration, motivation for myself for Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. When I saw you like, and watching into the gym, I was, damn, this guy might, might just join jiu-jitsu i need to i need to try and make him join us yeah for jiu-jitsu you, you were very helpful nice you're very helpful i remember you wrote to me and said hey you've got a gi i can if i needed to borrow a gi mm. just let you know i remember renato yeah. uh, uh our teacher our professor did that to me and he was whenever people were coming into our gym he was always saying like hey i can bring a gi for you just come tomorrow when I bring a gi for you. Mm. Just tell me when you get her. Give me your phone number. And I'll be here to help you, show you, whatever. Yeah. And I noticed how much that helped me. Yeah. To like, wow, this is an easy going thing. That's pretty chill. This seems too easy to avoid. Yeah. And I look at Jiu-Jitsu as something that saved me. Me too. But then again, it's hard to differentiate whether it was ayahuasca or jujitsu that I guess what we are is a product of everything we've ever done. Yeah, definitely. But there are some things that seem way more influential than ours. I think so. And like when you said that you're not sure whether it was ayahuasca or jujitsu, it was probably both. Yeah. It was probably one of them led you to the other. Or mm. like one of them like if I have a look at my ayahuasca and jujitsu 
kind of collaboration. It feels like there are different parts of the same therapy. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I look at ayahuasca as a kind of medicine, as a, a healing process. And then I look at um, jujitsu as sort of like uh, therapists. You know, as I'm like, okay, hey, this is my therapy. I'm under, I'm going through this procedure where I'm uh, using my mind and my body as one, where I'm trying <laughs> to figure out this problem of not getting choked. Where I'm trying to move my body in the way that my mind thinks, but my mind is too slow. I just have to trust more of my instincts. Yes. Right. It mm. seems like it's the. It's all part of the same thing. Yeah, I think I think jujitsu is a so good analogy for everything I do now. And the more I, the more I can make these analogies and see the similarities in jujitsu and in everything else, I I get better at it. Yes, yeah. to like. Trust your instincts. Yeah. Just do what feels right. Yeah. And if it's scary to do, you you should probably do it. Yeah, you probably should. Because if you don't let yourself take the chance in that armbar, mm. like um, another guy that we trained with said something that was really great, Kadir. He said, "You're not getting that armbar if you don't go for it." When you're training with these guys who who knows you that you've been honest with on the mats, you, you're doing your best on the mat when training with them. And if you don't go for that armbar, you're not going to get it. You have to, you have to trust yourself to do it. And you will see what kind of results you get from trusting yourself. Mm. And that's getting a submission or even when you're on the bottom about to get choked, you could tap immediately and just because it's a little uncomfortable. But if you just stay in there and try to survive, I'm going to survive, I'm going to survive, I'm going to survive. And then you see, sometimes you do survive just because you let yourself in this shitty situation. And I guess this has, this has you have to make this analogy in life with everything else. Yeah. That it, when it's scary, it's something you need to go through yeah well i think there's two things in that i think that there's like you have to hold on and tough it out sometimes like you have to but also there's this thing that happens when you set your mind to something like when your will comes through like if some dude's on top of you trying to strangle you and you kind of hold off a bit physically but mentally you're like he's not going to strangle me he's yes. not going to strangle me he's going to get tired or it's yeah. not going to happen there's almost like this kind of 1% of a connection where you might be able to impose what's in your head into his head. I don't really know how it works, but sometimes like willpower is super important. Mm. Maybe, or maybe he just strangles you. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the fuck you think, yeah. he just strangles you. I don't know, man, but I, I don't know. I think that like, uh, I think that we're onto something with the whole willpower thing. Mm, definitely. Obviously, right? I, I, I don't think of it as that I am affecting the other guy, but I guess it's, it's the same. What I think, I know that what I think will affect what's happening. Mm. Definitely. That 
when it strangles me, if I think, oh shit, it's gonna strangle me, I'm not gonna be able to perform. Yeah. But if I think, oh, this is not, he's not gonna get this, he's not gonna get this, I'm not gonna give up, I'm not gonna give up, then chances are I will survive. Yeah. And get on top because that's the only thing I wanna do. I wanna get on top again. Yeah. It sucks to be down here. And like, how these thoughts really affect, affect what's happening. Mm. It's, it's interesting. It is interesting. And that's what's super interesting about jujitsu is because it's instant feedback. Yeah. It's instant feedback. You like, mm. you might be in a kind of tricky situation where some dude's got your back and he's got his arm underneath your throat trying to squeeze. And then you'd be like, what if I try this? Oh, bad idea. Okay, fuck. What if I try this? Oh, that worked. Yes. What about this? More of that. How about this? <laughs> that worked. But if you don't try, you will never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. And if, if, you, if you don't let go and if you only use force, you will not learn how to do this. No. Letting go is also a big clue here, I think. Letting go of safety. Dude, I heard this, I heard this, I, I read this, what was it? It was this quote in a book and it told the story about, you know, like how they trap monkeys? How they trap monkeys. No. It's, it's pretty primitive, but let's just say you have a box and then you put some nuts in the box, right? And there's a fucking wooden box or whatever. And there's a hole in the box mm. and the hole is just small enough for a monkey to get its hand in. And then the monkey's hand is inside the box and then it grabs the nuts. Mm. Then the monkey tries to pull its hand out of the box, but it's stuck because its fist is bigger than its wrist. Mm. And now the monkey is holding the nuts, but it's trapped. And then the analogy in the book was, if you want freedom, all you have to do is let go. <laughs> and that's all the monkey has to do. He just has to let go of the nuts and then he'll slide wow. his hand out. Wow. But the thing that is so, that makes such an impact about <laughs> that monkey story is given our primate DNA, is given our chimpanzee biology. That's really how a lot of people think. Uh, Me included, man. Yeah. If you really want freedom, you just have to let go. Yeah. That's, uh, that's enlightening. Isn't it? <laughs> that's some fucking Zen shit. Yeah. That is just, but I think that's what's so cool about stories as well. Because if, we, if, if you just heard somebody saying, or oh, if you want freedom, all you gotta do is let go, you'd never understand it as well as if it was packed in a story about a monkey trapped in a box. Right? Uh, I feel this with other like <laughs> Buddhist sayings and stuff. Um, because this story made me understand the motive behind the story. A lot of these, these Zen sayings, Buddhist sayings, they kind of, sometimes they could be so obscure and hard to understand, but then all of a sudden, maybe one or two or three years later, it comes up and, ah, oh, shit, that's what they meant. Mm. So, yeah, this was an unpackaged, Right, nice box you put up. <laughs> but, but that's what I love about the internet as well, and yeah. memes. You can get a meme with a picture of something and just three words, and you're like, oh, yes. You know, it's just like the, 
the perfect way to get information across. Like I saw this meme the other day, it was hilarious. It was just old text. It said, 2017, Donald Trump becomes president. 2018, oh, he can't do that, Kenny. 2019, <laughs> hey, you watching Hunger Games tonight? I hope my district wins. So it was just like this perfect, yes. it was just like this perfect illustration to show like how things can be wow. just in a really easy to digest format that you see on Instagram. Hmm. I, I guess these memes are, they can be so effective at telling long stories and make them really, really short. Yeah. It's kind of, um, this, this is kind of telepathy that we're like sending around stuff that we see with our eyes. We don't have to talk, we just see it with our eyes and then we know what each other mean. Yeah. I know what you mean when you send me this meme, yep. kind of. You get to see the uh, sort of like the, the pure essence of the thought. In a way that sometimes words might not communicate. Because we're pretty visual creatures. Do you know what I mean? And mm. I think that the message as well becomes enhanced because you receive it on your phone. I think that like the way you receive information has a lot to do with how much of it you take in. Because if you have a look at most mm. people's, the thing that they have on them most of the time is their phone. It's almost yeah. literally like a part of them. Yeah. And they listen to headphones and they trust their phone. They fucking love their phone. Yeah. They love their phone. So if you give them information on the thing that they love, the device that's always <laughs> with them, you know, it kind of gets through some filters. If you got that same information in a magazine or in a newspaper, it's going to create the exact same meme would create uh -huh. a different reaction just because it's somewhere else. That's interesting thought. Isn't it? Yeah. How about this? How about this for an interesting thought? When I'm talking to people, if I know that they're wearing headphones, I can tell that it's easier for me to paint pictures for them in words that they'll understand. Just because I'm in their head closer to their brain. If they're just holding their phone with one ear, all this other noise is coming in like that. But if they're listening to headphones and I'm mm. trying to describe like where the fucking <sighs> shop is or something, I go, look, okay, you walk out here and then you turn left, go down the <laughs> stairs next to the church, across the road, they'll get it more. Mm. Just be, and I'm like, ah, okay, you know? And the difference between that and if the phone's on speaker, I think it's huge. Never thought about that, how, how our relationship with our devices are. Right, it's super important. It is, definitely. Yeah. It's something I yeah, really haven't thought about. No, I, it, it's my job to think about that. Because like I said, most of the people that watch my videos are watching them on their phones. So I gotta A, try and like think that some dude's on a bus, wearing headphones, looking at a video. Huh. So what experience does that create? What context is that? And how can I make that minute, 30 seconds or two minutes as enjoyable for him, knowing that he's surrounded by people, standing up, people are gonna move, all that shit. Hmm. And I guess like the goal is to try and make everything around him disappear 
So he's just 100% drawn in to the story that's unfolding on the device in front of him that he loves. But oftentimes this is content that he doesn't have control over. Most often I would say that it's content that he's, the only control that he has over it is that he's chosen to push play. Yeah. Often. Mm. I mean, it's not his content. Mm. Like it's not my content or your content. If you watch a jiu-jitsu video or something, what amount of control do you have over that? You can comment and push like. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what's so cool about today as well, is that you have your content. I have my content. Um, Sam has his content. Ivan has his content. Johanna has her content. So we are able to choose what we consume. And then that again, gets swirled around inside of us. And then when we broadcast, we've yeah. got, oh shit, Ivan said this, Johanna said that. And it forms yes. you. That's what's so important now. Like when you're posting something, it's gonna affect other people in ways that you don't even know yet. We need to start connecting people. <laughs> we do, man. We need to start programming some shit. Wow. You're right. I think so. I think so, man. I think the writing's on the wall because people, that's why concerts and festivals are so good because people come together. Now you just happen to create a cyberspace where that happens. Mm. Duncan Trussell is talking so much about uh, these virtual realities mm. and these uh, kind of, um, you, could, you could call them in a way games, like you're entering a world with this character, computer generated character, but still the character expresses whoever you want to be and like getting into this world where everything is you can be whoever you want to be you just have to share and come together yeah. honestly yeah isn't that this world too though to a certain degree is it yeah is it that, is is that weird no but it is but i think it's more in I, that I world. think it feels more free to get out of it as as yeah. Duncan puts it it himself is that you're free of all this judgment <laughs> kind of because you're free of your own body and like the illusions you but I'm not really sure what he meant by that now when, when I'm retelling it now no. because it seems to be the same yeah well, I don't know. I think that you can, I think that you probably can be more of what you want in a virtual world. If you say, I want my avatar to be a unicorn with a cat riding it. Yeah. You can do that. Yeah. For sure you can. Yeah. And you can go, you know what? I want to visit this room where we're in a hotel on a space station. Okay, cool. That's the you know world that we go into. And it's definitely a little bit more difficult to do that in this physical world. Mm. Mm. But yeah, no, I can kind of see what he means now. Because that world will eventually become as real as this world, right? Yeah. Eventually. Like now it's the probably 16-bit fucking Mario Kart version of what that's eventually going to be. Because yeah, the interesting question that you kind of brought up is that what difference is that world to this world right it's just another interpretation of maybe that world is a preview of this world maybe yeah. like what you said if you can think it technologically it's possible 
And in that world, it's just a glimpse into what's gonna come. It seems to be with movies, yeah? Yeah. That the movies we were watching, like with Star Wars and everything is coming to life. And it Star is. Trek, like yeah. what we're doing with, with how we develop new sources of energy, how we self-driving cars. Mm. And soon, yeah, we have drones. So soon it will be self-driving drones, transporting people, transporting mm. everything. Mars, how about that? How about fucking going to Mars? That was a huge thing in science fiction in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, but, but right now it doesn't seem to me like so special. Not now, no. but maybe in a thousand years when there's a new planet and you have to stop off at Mars to get there. I think that's what's, yeah. I think that's what's the big thing about Mars. I think that the going to Mars thing, it's not really too special. Oh, we're gonna go live on Mars. Oh fuck, there's nothing there. But I think if you go to Mars and then you build like another space launch pad, then that can help you go to the next place. Yeah. And then you just go, all right, it's to Mars. And then from Mars, it's to this place. And from this place, it's to that place. What I mean that it's not, not so interesting right now is that I feel like everything we do is of this fractal nature that we just seem, we just push the limits all the time. So it's probably not going to be in thousand years even maybe it's just like yeah. 50 years yeah. 40 years probably 30 years yeah but it's so exciting to yeah we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow no no idea man like next week we may be able to go to the moon we don't know because some company just made rockets you know Oh, imagine if next week you can go to the moon because some company figured out how to bend space and time. And you're like, oh shit, they figured out that it's just really distance is an illusion. And if you just have this little thing here, how crazy is that? I've been thinking about a theory that maybe the only thing that is holding us back from doing all this stuff is that we we have to go through these steps to make to make ourselves sure that we can do it before we do it yeah so once we see that oh shit that's possible it's only a matter of time mm. so i guess that's definitely the case i think so it sounds like it but all those things they're probably like steps to making that possible mm. i guess right mm. I don't know. It's weird. Imagine, exciting times. It is exciting times. But imagine if it was like more, like kind of more kind of uh, crazy like that. Maybe it was like the, you, you can do whatever you want. You just have to like imagine and believe enough. You know, you're like, oh shit. I feel like that's what I'm doing. Yeah. That's what I'm trying every day, every day coming closer to this. Mm this achievement of letting go again. Yeah. But that's one of the things that I really enjoy about yoga is because if you just say that you're sitting in a, like if you're trying to touch your toes, for example, you're standing, both your legs are together Mm. and you're trying to touch your toes. Yeah, you can probably touch your toes. But if you keep doing that at yoga every day for six months or a year or two years or something, you'll be able to put your fucking head on your feet because your spine just stretches and stretches and your quads loosen up and loosen up and loosen up. 
So the difference between what you can do now, like touching your toes, and what you can do in a year is huge. And when you start doing it, you're like, there's no way I'm ever gonna put my head on my knees. Mm. But then like, yeah, no, fuck man, you can. Mm. And you just grew and you just stretched and you just did it consistently. Yeah. And then you get there. Maybe that's part of the key of it as well. Just little by little, man, step by step, inch by inch, millimeter by millimeter. I think that's what's happening with human innovation as well is that there are people that started something, you know, with the industrial revolution, or maybe even before that, and then it just moves on, and the same people, some dude dies, people pick up his research, that dude adds to it a little bit, he dies, people mm. pick up their research. Mm. I guess the real trick to speeding things up, if you wanna have a look at how we can evolve faster as a species, is to try and harness the brain power of all the people that are oppressed in the world of all the people that are living in abject poverty and mm. using that brain power just to find out where the fuck they can get clean water. If you have a look at like all the, whatever the fucking huge amount of number of people it is, mm. that let's say it's two, three, four billion minds that you could put to walk towards them accomplishing things t for the bigger picture instead of them just trying to fucking feed their baby who's sick and trying to wait for the UN food truck to get rice. Mm. Imagine if all those people were free and happy and they could start dedicating their time towards fucking going to the next planet after Mars or something. Then mm. you would speed things up. Because mm. if you have a look at, let's just say we've got two billion people or whatever that are free that can go to university, it might not even be that many. Mm. You can triple that and all you've got to do is fucking change the living standards of people. Mm. And then instead of waiting for those 2 billion people to live 30 years and die, and another 2 billion people live 30 years and die. Dude, we, all of a sudden we've got 7 billion people right now that are ready to do this. Let's go. This is where we're going. Feels like it. Yes. This is where we're going. Yeah. That's what I'd like to happen. Mm. How do you do that though? You got to fucking, I think it is, I think we have, we, our job, I think, as our, your responsibility and my responsibility and everybody's responsibility that's alive right now is to try and speed up the process of equality so that everybody around the world is happy. Mm. And each person has a different way of doing that. It's voting for the right leaders. It's using your money wisely to support companies that aren't complete cunts. Mm. It's by protesting against uh, evil corporations that are poisoning the planet or going to war to bomb people who don't deserve to be in a conflict just because they're two superpowers trying to fucking measure each other's dicks. Mm. It's, I don't know, man. I think there's a lot that each individual person can do. Yeah, we have to believe. Uh, we have to believe it's possible. Ah, I think it is possible. It is. I think so. Without a doubt. Yeah. But all we have to do is believe it's possible because if you don't believe, you're not going to achieve shit. If you, if you believe that oh, the world is, is a terrible place, it's a terrible place, it's, it's, beyond, it's beyond doom. We can't do anything about it anymore. It's gone too far. Then, then you're fucked. Yeah. Then that's the belief that you've got. And then you're going to help speed up that process. Mm. Have a look at our environment. Mm. Have a look at like, it's very easy to fall into that trap where you think that the world is fucked. 
the fish are all radiated because of Fukushima. Mm. They're getting overfished. The the forest in the Amazon's getting chopped down at like fucking 10 football fields a second Mm. just so that you can grow soya to feed cows and shit like that. If you had a look at the climate change and the melting of the ice caps, if you just looked at all the information factually, it was difficult to believe that we're gonna change that. It's a very difficult task for people. You know what I mean? If you have a look at the information that's presented to you. So asking them to change that flow of their belief in light of all of that catastrophic evidence, Mm. that's, I think, a part of what our job is as people when you're talking to your friends, when they go, oh, it's fucked. I don't want to eat organic anyway because the cows are all going to die. You go, no, man, you know, fuck, dude, you can make a difference. Because I think people feel a little bit powerless when you're talking about something as huge as the entire planet changing its temperature. Yeah. But if you start small. Technology is helping here as well, make, making us see the world as something smaller, as more united. Yeah, And then maybe sure. make you really feel that you are making a difference. Mm. Everyday choices is making a difference in your life. Yeah. And that means the whole world. Yeah, that whatever you see is what you put out. That's what's gonna happen in your world. So if you if you do the wrong stuff, wrong will follow. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's pretty much that's kind of what I've come to recognize and believe and accept as well. Like mm. you know, is it Gandhi that says, "Be the change you want to see in the world"? I think that like if you if you if you followed that and if you were the change if you did act how you wanted everybody to act mm. and, and what does that mean okay you want to save the planet awesome are you putting everything in recycling yes you know <laughs> do you have this little blue bag and this little green bag mm. and this other bag do you have those bags sorted out because let's just start with that yeah. Let's just start with, oh, I want to fucking save the whales. Yes, let's save the whales, but let's get your kitchen sorted out. Are you yeah. taking uh, canvas or hemp bags to the supermarket when you're shopping? Yeah. Or are you buying plastic <laughs> bags? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And fuck, man, we're all guilty of all of this shit. Yeah. You know, I want to save the planet. Yeah. But fuck, sometimes I'm... Uh, not recycling things. So I'm buying plastic bag, yellow plastic bag, yellow plastic bag, mm. you know? So I guess like that's the thing is that you've got to make this connection between your actions and your beliefs on a small scale yeah. and then just upscale it from there. 100%. Right? Yeah. It seems like it. If not, you're only fooling yourself. Yeah. But I also think that like you can do good things by like even sharing posts. I think that like if you see Mm. a video that talks about the cruelty of the animal industry Mm. and then you share that, if you create one vegetarian or somebody who looks at that and goes, you know what, man, I saw that post that you put that you shared on your wall Mm. about how those poor cows basically tortured their entire lives and then murdered Mm. in a really inhumane way. That made me not want to eat meat anymore. Mm. Or that made me want to cut down on the amount of meat that I'm eating. Or that made me only want to support organic farms. Then you're making a difference by pressing a share button. Mm. So imagine if you like did all those small things and you just expressed information. Because if somebody watches a video about animals that are getting mistreated and then they still want to go and eat that product, fuck man, that's a cunty person. But a lot of the people, they see something and they go, there's an injustice here. 
I don't want to support that injustice. And then maybe they support it a little bit, but then they see somebody else shares it and somebody else shares it. Then all mm. of a sudden their friends go, hey, I'm coming over for dinner. Oh, whereas this is only organic meat. This chicken is free range chickens. These chickens weren't tortured their entire lives. You know, and I think you're seeing this like on a recreational level, like with what's happening at SeaWorld and stuff like that. Mm. And I think you're seeing it more and more with like organic farms and organic produce and more and more people becoming vegetarian and vegan. I'm vegan now. I've cut down on fucking every single animal product. You recently became vegan, right? Yeah, five weeks now, man. Five weeks. Nice. Uh, and you know what it was a result of? It was a result of watching one documentary and three of my closest friends becoming vegetarian. Hmm. That was it. That was all it took. It took 90 minutes on Netflix and then talking to my friends and they go, oh, I think, you know, we're going to try being vegetarian. Mm. I was like, all right, we're doing it. Awesome. Because if you have that idea and then you've got one of your buddies or your girlfriends or a couple of your friends, it becomes like this group effort. Oh, me and my friends, we're going to make dinner tonight. Mm. It's not going to be this awkward, hey, uh, the vegetarian guy's coming, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I feel great. I feel amazing knowing that I haven't contributed to any animal dying. It is a great feeling. It is. It is. And I guess this feeling is... The, f the feelings you create in yourself by doing the stuff you, you want to put out, is, it's also spreading it. It's, it's radiating from, from yes. you because you walk the walk. Yes. You're not just some bullshit talk artist. You're like, oh, don't kill animals, don't fucking, don't free range. Oh, here, I'm going to eat this double whopper. Mm. Yeah, it's credibility. Mm. Are you vegetarian? Yes. How long have you been? I, I first went vegetarian in Brazil for two and a half years ago. Oh, shit. First time I, yeah, first time I was in Brazil where I got sick from... Got some stomach flu from eating some milk actually yeah some milk product and all of a sudden i really didn't want any no. meat either but i had a veg vegetarian girlfriend at the time so mm. i knew that it was possible i guess that she like vetted me to yeah to be exposed to see that it's possible mm. it's not impossible at all to no. not to not consume meat oh. and I was really inspired by Sebastian Brosh as well. Yeah. We've been vegan for some years now. Mm. And the transition to stop eating meat was very, was very easy. Mm. It's been like, I've been trying it here and there. And sometimes I've, my mind mindset has been changing and I've been going back to bad habits again and stuff. But I always keep getting back up to towards veganism. Mm. And right now I'm vegan as well. Mm. It's been some periods with milk intake, but it is definitely accepting that how you see when you see these videos of animal cruelty or how we're treating animals and how we produce these lives and control them is what is what stopped me from consuming any more milk dairy products, dairy products. Mm. No. It doesn't seem fair, does it? 
No, it doesn't seem fair. It seems to me that it's 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 a part of me. Mm. Like if if I drink this glass of milk, I'm losing for myself mm. because I'm doing something I know is wrong. Mm. I'm doing doing something I say that I'm against. Yeah. And if I do that, I'm a hypocrite. Mm. And that's a dangerous path to walk down. The worst path ever. Yeah. And yeah, it it it's not easy as Sebastian also told me once that really helped me out was you don't have to jump all the way at once. It can be difficult to it's difficult to change your whole life. Mm. And it is. And to change what you eat every day is changing your life. Yeah. It's changing like very, very trained habits and patterns in your life. And when you start changing them, everything else starts to change as well because you're breaking down these... Yeah, you, 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 you stop doing stuff you're not supposed to do. Mm. You're starting to become more aware of what you do in the world and what you put out and how you... Yeah, in the end, how you affect the world. You do. And you affect the world by the choices you make every day. Yeah. I would say that my life force has never been stronger than when I started regularly training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu mm. and living a vegan lifestyle. Mm. I think that by living a vegan lifestyle, I am more of myself than I have ever been. I'm more... It's more of my own uh, organisms or, you know, biology. It's more me. It's not like some animal filled with antibiotics or it's not some marketing guy's will getting imposed upon my biology through his product. I think that a lot of things that I used to buy and that people buy are the results of some clever team of people making you think that you need this stuff and mm. that when you consume it, whether it's a fucking uh, Haagen-Dazs ice cream or it's uh, some sad cow that yeah, you're getting the, you're getting the microorganisms of these animals that might not have been living a very happy life. So I feel like I'm getting like a little bit of their misery. I feel mm. like I'm getting, this is going to sound a little fucking crazy. I feel like I'm getting a little bit of feeling of slavery. I feel like these animals mm. have been slaves and they've been controlled. And now that feeling of submission, of being at the bottom of the food chain and being pushed around is being absorbed by my body. Mm. Somehow, some psychokinetic energetic mm. field mm. is being transferred from them as slaves into me. Mm. And now I have completely cut that process out. I've completely cut out all animal products. I've completely cut out sugar and gluten and dairy. And now it feels uh. like it's more me than ever before. And I have a 100% plant-based diet and I feel incredible because I haven't seen too many fucking enslaved plants, man. Mm. You know, and I feel like eating a plant-based diet, it's like, it's a part of nature. Birds eat seeds, ship them out, then they grow more birds and seeds. I feel like by eating a plant-based diet, the energy of the universe is a part of me. Instead of absorbing slave energy, 
I'm absorbing, absorbing the energy of the planet. Mm. And that's why I think it's affected my stance on environmentalism. It's affected the way that I think about uh, the world and fairness and equality. It's affected the way that I think about things on a bigger scale because now I'm fueled by the momentum of the organism of the planet as a whole. Hmm. That's what I feel like has been affecting my life lately. And that's why I feel like I have a much stronger life force, hmm. which is exhibited through my passion, my energy, my physical well-being, the, the amount of uh, connection that I feel with people, my humility, my enjoyment. All of those things are a direct result of this. You could say that uh, maybe every every time we eat clean, you get you feel good. You you're doing you have good conscience about eating this. You know that it's clean. You know you know what's in it, and you don't have any bad feelings about consuming what you consume. And I think. And I think that is a huge problem when you eat junk food is that you know you're eating junk, mm. but you don't listen to that voice. Mm -mm. You don't want to hear that. But now all of a sudden you're consuming stuff that makes you feel good. Mm. And you get a connection to what you put in. You do. In, in a better way, I think. Yeah. But I think to touch on what you just said then is really important and I never really thought about it that way before but every time you eat something every time you put this thing into your perfect body which is designed to maximize the feelings of bliss and joy every time you put something in there that you know is kind of shit for you mm. there is a downside to the way you look at yourself yes you see the darker side you see a little bit of your weakness And then you see, oh, you know what? This dude, he's got a little bit of a hole in his armor here. And then I think that if you have enough holes in your armor, you might start losing self-confidence. You might start losing self-respect. You might start losing discipline. You might start mm. losing willpower. Mm. If there's a little tiny hole there because you made that wrong decision. Imagine if you're doing that wrong decision every time you fucking bite, every time you chew, every time you decide to buy this or that or that. Hole, 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 hole. And all those holes in your life force just mean that you're a thinly veiled shell of what you in one day saw yourself to be. You're not mm. the champion that you wanted to grow up to as a kid. Mm -mm. You're that weak bitch. Yes. Right? Yeah. Woo! I think we're touching on some shit here, bro. <laughs> Fucking decoding nutrition. Yeah, definitely. They're so closely interrelated, the physical and mental worlds. They're, they're the same. Yeah. And yeah, if, if, if you do shit, if you eat shit, you're going to get out shit. Yeah. The physical and the mental worlds are the same. You're a direct product of your environment and your environment is a direct product of the way you think. Mm. Like there's mirror neurons inside of your brain. Mm. If you're surrounded in a fucking prison, your brain wave and your thinking is going to change because you're surrounded by gray colored walls and killers and bars. But if you're surrounded by like a beautiful beach and like this nice uh, palm tree with coconuts growing off it and like pretty girls walking by, the way you think is going to be completely different. I guess this is kind of an analogy of 
how yeah in, in believing in stuff you're you're making your mental world this paradise and which is open to new ideas and you want to keep that environment healthy and then that's what the physical world is going to be like as well yeah and if you're not able to do it in your head you need to make changes because you're not going to be able to do them here as we say either yeah yeah you have to you have to you have to make the changes in your new environment and in your head and that's why cleaning a room feels so good yeah. You know what I mean? That's why cleaning the kitchen or emptying the shit out of the bottom of the fridge. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm going to fucking throw all this stuff away. Like, woo, damn, I feel better now. Mm. Every time you see something annoying, you are giving, given a chance to fix it. Yeah. Every single time. Like if you, if you walk up the stairs and there's this tiny piece of garbage on the ground that you see every day, but like, it's still there. Then pick it up. Yeah. Throw it away. Yeah. And your mind is clean of it. Yeah. You do. You got to clean out all those things that linger, that get stuck there. And you know what? Next time you walk up those stairs and that garbage isn't there, you're like, yeah, bitch. Guess who took care of that? I won that battle. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I took care of that problem, didn't I, muchacho? Because these kinds of daily, you could say daily, small daily problems, they are, they are submitting you if you don't battle them. Yeah. They are, they are not strong by themselves, but if you have a lot of these things, small things that you knew you should have done something with and didn't do them, then it's your fault. Yeah. I feel... And you know that. Yeah. I think ayahuasca is a big part of <laughs> making me able to see my own problems. To like... Letting me see that all this shit I have in my life is my own fault. Mm. I can't blame anyone else. No. Here I am, right now I'm a douchebag. If I want to change, I need to start making changes. Yeah. And I think that was the most important thing I learned from Ayahuasca. But from there, it goes to infinity. Yeah. Start, start, do, do the stuff you have to do. You're yeah. supposed to be doing because you know what you're supposed to be doing, but and you don't do them. One of the things that I've noticed that happens a lot with ayahuasca, with myself, and with many friends uh, on uh, in Peru that I've done it with and I've spoken to since, a lot of them say that they start cleaning up and organizing their own biology. That it starts <sighs> with them. It starts with like, okay, I've got to lose weight. I've uh, got to be more active. I've got to chew my food more. They get these little insights into helping improve their biological ecosystem. A lot of it starts like that. You know, and maybe, mm. maybe if you go into ayahuasca and you're already very, let's say you're like fit and healthy, mm. maybe you'll hear something that's like, fuck man, you been to the dentist lately? 
Mm. You know, what's going on with the, the that? You know, like you still what's happening here? You know, mm. you taking care of that ingrown toenail, mm. and then it'll like you know whatever it is, it'll make you look at the things that you've got to take care of. But it mm. it is hard with ayahuasca because it forces you. It forces you. It's like being on a train where every stop is something that you've been trying to block out and you have to look at it, but you can't get off the train and it's right in front of you. It's like, and then once you've gone through that, which is generally not, you know, it can be traumatic, but once you've gone through that, you're like, okay, dealt with it. And then when you like it, I think ayahuasca opens you up to the feedback loop more. Mm. It opens you up to being self-aware. And if somebody says, hey man, you're a little bit insensitive with the way that you talk. I know you don't mean it, but it's hurting you. You know, you, your sister's crying all the time. You know, you're like, oh shit, I love her. I, mm. I don't mean anything by it, but fuck, maybe I shouldn't say stuff like that because it's having an effect on her. Mm. Oh, okay, I'll take that responsibility. Instead of saying, fuck, can't she? She's a grown woman. Doesn't she understand? We're just joking. You go, no, I'll take responsibility for the way that I made that person feel, mm. even though that wasn't my intention. Mm. So I don't know, man. I think that it definitely makes people more uh, self-analytical, mm. uh, and through that, it makes them want to improve. I feel like that's the great trick with a lot of people is that they don't want to look at the thing that they're most guilty of. No, but it is the it's fucking scary, terrifying. It's terrifying. Mm. Um, man, this is where jujitsu comes in again. That. Us. <laughs> that you you have to you have to meet your fears. Mm. You have to go for it, or else you will always be a slave. And it is fucking terrifying, but you have to do it. Yeah, yeah. You got to look at the thing that scares you the most sometimes. Mm. I'm going to jujitsu getting choked by that fucking killer <laughs> it's just gonna ragdoll you yeah. that's gonna be scary you know what's amazing what we're gonna train later yeah it's so nice to always to every day have something to like damn i can train jujitsu today it is it's so nice mm. it's so nice you know you want to know something that's a little bit crazy mm. ever always. since yeah right ever since i started my Brazilian jiu-jitsu journey in July last year. Mm. I've been hooked and I've literally <laughs> trained every single week three to five times unless I've been in hospital, mm. which I had when I was getting my tennis taken out. <laughs> and I have spoken about jiu-jitsu to all of my friends, mm. to everybody mm. that I tell them about. I go, wow, I'm doing this new thing. and not a single one of them has wanted to try it. Mm. And they know how much I love it. And I talk about it with passion. And I go, hey man, you know, oh, you think you're getting in shape? Oh, but you hate working out at the gym? Dude, why don't you come, man, play jujitsu? Mm. It's fun, good community, you'll lose weight, you'll want to eat healthy because you've got good motivation to be fit because you don't want to get strangled. Mm. It's a great, great, great group of, group of guys. And uh, you learn a valuable skill, which is just like a bonus, really. Mm, it is. But they don't want to try, man. You have to want to change, though. 
Yeah, of course. Maybe they see how transformative it is. And I know to myself as well, if I knew that something would be super transformative, I would, it would be scary. Yeah, there is that. Because here I am right now seems okay. So why would I risk it changing me? Mm. But now that's the best thing in the world. Yeah. If it has the chance of change, changing me, then yeah, I want to go for it. Yeah, me too. But what percentage of people do you reckon that try jiu-jitsu stop doing jiu-jitsu? I have no idea. I reckon it's got to be pretty high. But in my brain, I, I, I try to treat everyone as I treat myself now. That's and a good, good motto. And when I meet people first time at jiu-jitsu, I expect them to stay because it's, damn, it's the best thing in the world. Mm. Why would you, why would you not? Like everyone has their reasons, but if your reason turns out to be an excuse, then, then it's dangerous. But jiu-jitsu is for everyone, but not everyone is going to like it the same way. But if, yeah, I expect expect everyone to, if they've tried it, they're gonna like it. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the cool things that happened last night when we were at Jiu Jitsu, mm -hmm. when we were learning like how to take somebody's back, roll underneath their legs, lift them up yes. and pull them down. De La Hiva back take. Yeah, yes. when we did that, there was uh, a girl, uh, I can't remember her name, I think, I don't know her too well. She's only been there for like three or four weeks, but she comes regularly. Uh -huh. She's got brown hair. Yes. And when, Alvaro was demonstrating that technique. She was clapping and she was smiling and she was so happy. Yes. She was like, oh my God, yes. I'm going to learn to do that. And she literally <laughs> was vibrating, waiting to start doing the techniques. Yes. And I was like, fuck, she's super, really excited about this. Yeah. But there's been a few new people that have come lately that are like all in. Yeah. Chicks. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. To, yeah, this is also a huge part of what we're talking about. That like, this one girl who started showed other girls that jujitsu is for girls as well. Like, so then one more came, and then some other girls saw that hey, there are two girls here. So she went. Then another one comes, and wow, there's three girls here. Yeah, she goes in like. It always starts with one and if you want to do something just just do it and it's so cool to see how our community now at Gimila is how it's expanding it is so rapidly yeah. new people are coming all the time people are getting hooked people are yeah people are getting welcome we love new people mm. we want new people to come yeah it is pretty cool it's cool. It's a great community as well, though. There is that. Like, everybody's generally pretty fucking awesome. I'm so happy that... I, I feel like we were the same group for so long. A great group uh, training with Renato. And then uh, when I went to Brazil and came back again, all of a sudden there was like 20 new people. And like this like, year? Yeah. Oh, shit. Wow. And nice. Wow, it's so nice. Yeah, when new people come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the chance to 
Everyone are the same on the mat, but still everyone everyone has their own personality. So it's it's getting every day you're in this soup bowl of cool people. Yeah. Who is there to learn jujitsu? Yeah. And who wants to train with each other and having a good time and I didn't see this girl getting excited yesterday, but this is how I feel in my head. Like mm. ooh, vibrating. Oh shit, this technique, this technique. Wow, this is cool, this is cool. I'm gonna learn something new, make new connections. Yeah. You do make a lot of new connections, do you? I mean, like between how your body works and your mind thinks. Mm. And it, I mean, obviously with other people as well. But like you make a lot of connections with how you move. Mm. Like that's a big part of it. Like seeing something in your mind and then being able to get your body to do it. Yes. Like that creates all these new pathways. Like I notice myself, I'm moving differently now. Like when I get out of bed, I'll like hip escape and then like get out of bed. Or like if I'm on the bus, I'll lean against things and I'll just kind of like weave around people as I'm walking through the train station or something. Mm. Like it's really, I felt like maybe before my body had a set range of motion <laughs> and now that has cracked and expanded. Yeah. But it worked just okay before. Yeah. But now it works better. Now it's way better. Way better. Mm. It's like going to the taking your, you know, your fucking spaceship to this, like you've got this broken down fucking old thing that you found, yeah. like from NASA. It's yep. done okay, it's done a couple of moon missions. Mm. And then you take it to this like alien workshop. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden you're just like fucking launching off at light speed. In this spaceship, in this broken spaceship, you see all these, these parts laying around in space around you, mm. like good parts. You, do, you see them, you know that they're, they're free for you to take, they're there for you, but nah, I'm gonna stick with this old space station. Yeah, man, for it's sure. Cool. I don't care. No. But when you start building these things, like, oh shit, this was nice, this helped me out, I'm gonna take another piece and make that better. And yeah, as you said, fix all these small holes in your armor. Yeah, bro. Plug them up. Yes. Space glue. Yeah. <laughs> shit. Thank you for the conversation, Inya. You're welcome, Stig. Nice. That was fun. Yes. We're going to do this again. Yes. How do you normally end the podcast? I don't know. Us! <laughs> <laughs> Us. Us. Thank you very much. You're welcome, my friends. <laughs>